And welcome to another episode <laughs> of Giving a Hoot. And we did. Yeah. Okay. We're done. Uh, we we just <laughs> we, we did. It. Uh, I'm Luke. That's Ryan. Hi. Hey. Um, we've had a busy week. We did. Uh, two games since the last time uh, there was a podcast: Greenville and Madison, both away. Uh, I went to one of those games. It was a hot day. Uh, <laughs> but since last week, um, or since the last pod, Ryan Jeba was named to Team of the Week, which uh, I think that was his first uh, first time Team of the Week. Maybe second. But I yeah. mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if second, but yeah. Uh, no, well-deserved, uh, as we'll get to talking, he's playing lights out every game. Um, yeah, if they, and, gave, uh, if they gave an award for, like, most improved, he's a guy that would easily be in that running from game one I, on. I think he's a little too old to be the, like, young player of the year. I think he's 22. And that's... Is it, is it 21 or is it 22? I thought 23 was the... And as I lean over and look at my computer. Yeah. I mean, I, either way, I he should get that for like a newcomer of the year award, but as this is a league of mostly newcomers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, we um, even had a question about that we can get to later, but um, you know, about about the turnover and what that's gonna look like and I think that's exactly why that award is going to be so hard every year for them to pick, though. Yeah, I, let, to keep this from turning into uh, Smurf dances with wolves, um, <laughs> let's uh, let, let's uh, just kind of like quickly summarize, uh, quick preview. Um, we've got three games total uh, to summarize. So, um, other news is this should be dropping Thursday morning, and I believe voting will still be open. Uh, Rashid is up for save of the week again uh, for brilliant save uh, against Greenville in the 10th minute because uh, mm-hmm. Connor got a little pushy and <laughs> uh, amazing save. So uh, if you get a three in a row. No, I don't think he had one the previous week. OK, but he he's had like three or four of this so far this season. <laughs> but. Get out there, vote, do the thing. Um, and Saturday against Chattanooga is singles night. Uh, also, they're doing a bus from Infusion. Oh, yeah, that's what they were. Pro- okay. I didn't read that tweet, so that's what they were promoting. Got it. Yeah. So, <laughs> it bus from Infusion with a good ticket package. I think that's food, drink, bus. Ticket and bus, yeah. bus, drink. All right, and it sounds like a solid time. Yeah, um, ticket, ride, food, and drink included from Infusion. Yeah, not a bad deal. Huh? Uh, the singles night, I believe that's through what Midwest singles or something. Uh, not being a single person, I have no idea. Yeah, it, I mean, I haven't been a single person for a decade. Uh, 
yeah, 13 years for me. So yeah. <laughs> uh, but that is a $25 ticket includes your speed dating, et cetera, and a drink and a, and a game to, or ticket to the game. So honestly that like, if you have not yet found a significant other and are looking to, that's a good deal. Um, considering a stadium beer is about like half that cost. <laughs> yeah, very true. I was going to look at the weather. Um, is you, uh, if you find your significant other this weekend at a, uh, at a soccer match when it's going to be really hot, um, that's a keeper for sure. <laughs> uh, 89 is not horrible, but no, it's Nebraska. Have... So the humidity is going to be like 72%. Yeah, but it's also Nebraska, so you have 60-mile-an-hour winds to cool you down. Yeah, so put your best foot forward. Hey, do it. <laughs> um, not really news, but something I noticed as I have flown through a few airports in the past week. Stadium beers are more expensive than airport beers. Uh, I mean, that's not something I ever thought I'd have to say, but yeah, that's you know, um, on here or I know I said it at um, the last home game, but the beers at the Brewer Stadium were um, a dollar more or a dollar less, slightly smaller, and I was at a Major League Baseball stadium. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> <laughs> They're like major league baseball prices. Speaking of beers, uh, we played a game in Greenville. <laughs> were many beers consumed? Uh, there were some. Uh, some beers were consumed. Charity was benefited. Good result. Uh, Have you detoxed yet? That's the real question. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, that was combined, though, right? Uh, yes. The 39 was combined. Approximately 20 beers apiece. Yeah, somewhere on that. <laughs> uh, the game itself was a draw. Um, it was two very good teams. It was immovable object, unstoppable force, unstoppable force, immovable object, mm -hmm. um, and lots of diving on both. <laughs> like common theme. Yeah, uh, I think Camille has been calling this one out and i'm inclined to agree but there has been a lot of acting so far this season on all sides and we have inexperienced enough refs that it's being bought a lot more and so it's just continuing this and the games aren't flowing no you know, not at all you have a lot of fouls being called for things which may or may not be fouls um, but it's, yeah, I, I, I'd like to see just 10 minutes of play where there's not a foul called in a game. Um, and well, or at least if the fouls are the ones that they're calling aren't soft. Like, I think that's my big thing is there's a lot of things that you see all over soccer that they they will never call or they call every once in a while. They get called all the time in USL, you know, and it's a lot of 50, 50 stuff that shouldn't ever be called. 
Um, that they get, and it's both sides. Like we, we get the other teams get fouls that we make that are that way, but we also get fouled that are really soft fouls that I'm like, eh, I don't know if they should have called that or not. I'll take it because I'm a fan, but yeah. No, I, I think just generally uh, the inexperience of the refs due to the fact we have three third divisions um, going right now. A lot of refs we're seeing our games being their first or second ever professional center refing gigs, like just a, a lot of things that are happening throughout the league, players and refs that I I don't think you'd see if there was a if there was more consistency in the refing. Yeah. Um, it was definitely apparent in the Greenville game um, where you know there was a lot of yes there was contact but you didn't need a somersault um yeah like that that sort of that sort of thing there is it it detracts from the game and well, I, there, there I is a lot of, seeing, oh god well there there is a lot of physicality and we definitely have a couple players who don't go down that road and sometimes probably should take the fall when they're being muscled. Um, no, I agree. Yeah. I also think we have some guys on our team and there's a lot of guys on other teams that um, are trying to play to the way the games are being called. And unfortunately, when you don't have control and tiki tack fouls are getting called, that generally leads to guys doing things they normally wouldn't do, like going down really easy. Um, you know, I, I know we're going to get to the Madison match, but it, it's, it was a Dion in the box at the end of the match last night. You know, it, he was leaning, he was already kind of falling. He gets touched a little bit. He goes down trying to draw a penalty really late in the match. You're not going to get those all the time, but because the ref was calling that way, yeah, he kind of felt aggrieved that it didn't get called because things like that had already been called throughout the match. Well, and We'll we'll get to that, but <sighs> highlights from the Greenville game. I, so I had to I had to go back and kind of watch highlights and watch it back. I was in Sioux City and helping my father in law with ragbri stuff, um, so I didn't get to see it all uh, in the same chunk. I think the biggest takeaway was, as much as we feel like this team seems to be. Uh, not flowing or not playing the way that we're used to. The fact that we can go to Greenville and hang with them, uh, doing you know for a zero-zero draw, it never looked like either that Greenville was dominating the game or we were. Looked like it was a pretty even game. I felt like I felt really good coming out of that match. Like okay, we just went to the top team into their house. We took a point. You know they they came into our house and took three points, but at least we were able to go on the road. But we we got to turn though. It doesn't matter. Like we got to turn these draws. That game that game there was fifty percent of our matches played at that point have been have resulted in draws. You know we of, of our league games have resulted in draws. That's that's a lot of lost points. You know that's that's fourteen lost points right there that we haven't turned into something else because we can't score. We can't do whatever and. I think that's the more frustrating part. Not that the guys didn't play well or didn't play their asses off. It's just, it's not resulting in, in the results we want. Now, if we can do that at home 
through the season and the rest of the season and turn potential draws into wins. It's only going to shoot us at the table. Um, but I think there's a lot of positives that come out of the game. They looked, we looked fluid. No, I, I thought there were a lot of positives, but there weren't a whole lot of highlights. Right. I thought, I thought there were definitely some of our guys were playing extremely well. Um, our defense looked great. Ryan had an outstanding match. Uh, mm-hmm. Isaac had a very good match. Um, no, just Kamal had had a lot of positive moments out there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, again, just we weren't we weren't able to convert anything. Uh, fu- funny you mentioned that Saturday we'd had played. Uh, that was our 14th game. Yep, correct. And last night uh, against Madison was our 15th. Uh, was messaging with a former player, um, asking if they're available on loan. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, was, was shot down. Uh, but it pointed out to them that we've had eight draws this season. Five of them have been nil-nil. Like, that... Five nil-nil speaks loads to our defense. Oh, that's for sure. five shutouts, and I believe all, all but one of those has been a road game. Um, I mean, based on how our season has gone with our schedule, then that act, I mean, no. without having it up in front of me, it, that has to be accurate. I mean, but I mean, the fact we've been able to pull that many nil nil draws is speaks loads to the defense uh, on our side. Mm-hmm. I don't it speaks necessarily as well to the defense on the other side um, as we've just had difficulty converting. And, you know, as Jay has always said, the hardest thing in soccer is scoring goals. Yeah. It's really not something I see our guys trying not to do. Uh, like they, they are always hungry for the goals. They're always trying everything they can to get them. There's just something missing where they're not, not converting it. And I, I liked what we saw with, um, with how, how we were playing without JP on the field, uh, there in, in Greenville, mm-hmm. cause he has his red card. Um, I like seeing Kamal out there. The the senior with with younger like works yeah. well. Uh, so we've of our five draws, three have been on the road, two at home. Okay. Hailstorm and Charlotte were the two nil nils at home. Okay. And then on the road it was Tormenta, and then the last two matches. Yes. So, which again, great for great for us not having goals scored against us. That that's amazing. Got to score some goals. Um, to that point, uh, Luis Gilles, that that's also news since last week. He's already played in two matches, so that's why it didn't really come up there. But made his um, date. So point point of clarification, because I was listening to the Madison broadcast. Yeah, I've always thought I've always pronounced it the way you did of Gilles, and he kept calling him Gil. So uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I was going by the pronunciation chart that is given to every broadcaster in the league. Uh, but Luis Gilles, um, 
officially signed or was announced on Friday and then yep. came up for is that 15 minutes? Uh, end of the game's a little fuzzy for me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, fif- I mean, probably 15 20 minutes ish. He got on, but came on and was an immediate impact. Um, he just has a way around it. Uh, it was working very well with the chemistry of the guys on there as though he'd been playing with them all season. Yeah. I really liked what I saw there. Uh, and again, he uh, potentially been signed with it seven days prior. Uh, right. Granted, he's been, no, I mean, not playing so much because he was with uh, Valley United and they've mm-hmm. ceased operations for the season. <laughs> In like uh, early June, wasn't it? Yeah, but came came on immediate impact. Um, great work there, working well with the guys. Uh, got a yellow card, um, so we, he'll fit right in. <laughs> I mean, the, the the exciting part about bringing a guy like this on is uh, you and I were texting when the announcement happened, and we were both like, "Wow, a player we've actually heard of before." Um, <laughs> Now, whenever we hear of the guys that get signed, we obviously do our research and we try to do our best to figure out who they are. But Luis was one of those guys that as soon as his name popped up, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the real Salt Lake guy. And then, you know, I looked it up and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the real Salt Lake guy. Like, obviously, I followed Sporting Kansas City for a long time. They played real a lot. Um, and I saw him a lot. And so I, I was excited just because. I know that he's bringing that MLS veteran status. Are you um, going to ask Ackerman questions? Yeah, I should. Damn. <laughs> like, like, is that real hair or? <laughs> does he? It was does, as big of an asshole off the field as he was on. Does he wantonly choose his own hair, or is that somebody <laughs> is like blackmailing him? <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, it really is just when you've got a guy like Connor who's experienced has played at all levels, mm-hmm. um, you've got Dion who's played at top levels, Kamal who's played top levels like that. That's a very solid start. Then you bring on a guy like Luis Gil who's, you know, played MLS, uh, mm-hmm. just all over Liga MX, uh, and then, because he wanted a new challenge, he went and played half a season in the Czech Republic's top flight. Okay. He's like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, too, with guys like that, I think it's why Kamal kind of was able to run right into the team as soon as he was available. Um, I think it's why Isaac's been able to once he was available, is when you're a vet and you've played on that many teams and you have that much game time. Um, and Real Salt Lake didn't play – a system that was too dissimilar to what Jay plays now, but it, it's, it's all instinct. And when, especially when you're an offensive midfielder, like he is going out there and doing that and creating chances, that's second nature to him by this point. And so as he grows into the system, he's just going to get better and better, but he already brings that, that veteran status with him. The thing I was, I'm happy he's here. The thing I was most concerned about with his signing is what we just talked about. You know, we have we have five nil-nil draws. We have, I don't know how, I mean, we didn't score against Greenville uh, at home. You know, so we, we have a couple other times where we haven't scored. And 
in MLS, he scored 11 goals in like 100 and whatever, 60-some appearances. So you're really bringing him on as another midfield creator. Um, but we still don't have a out-and-out like goal scorer who's going to go out there and, and get a goal or two, um, you know, not week in and week out, but pretty regularly, you know. Yeah. Hence, hence why you reached out to a former player um, to ask them if they're available on loan. Well, I I do think he's going to come on as a creator. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity uh, for that. Um, at Kyle uh, Reisman, who unfortunately has been feeling under the weather this week, uh, so has not been able to do a data dive, but uh, throughout just stats because he can't shut it off. Uh, <laughs> uh, that Connor um, against Greenville, was it? Or was it Madison? It was Madison. Okay. That no, no. Uh, it must have been Greenville because um, it was Dalton. His Dalton's fiftieth start for Union Omaha was well, yeah. Madison. But he said yesterday at eleven o'clock, this past game was Connor's fiftieth out of fifty appearances for the team in all competitions. So that that includes our run in the U.S. Open Cup, obviously. Um. So that would have been yesterday. So yesterday was Tuesday, a Tuesday. Um, and that was after the Madison match was over. So Connor's substitution appearance was his 50th out of 50 times he could have ever. So essentially Connor's played in every game yeah. possible since he's joined the club. Um, yeah, Dalton is at, what do you say for Dalton? Dalton played, uh, it was his 50th league game for the club. 55 total in all competitions for the club and he and grand total in the league if you include his first year 72nd is 72 games total in the league um yeah i mean the one thing the one thing that dalton had probably going against him a little bit for accumulating appearances was some of the rotations i mean it was really probably what mid last season maybe early last season when he became like it was him and a wall and these are our center backs and he got game in game out um where jay knew who jay knew connor we knew connor coming in that he was a veteran in a lot of ways and there was no way he wasn't going to see the field kind of like how luis has already seen the field twice in two games for us because that's why you bring a guy like that in oh yeah for for sure on that um and I mean, Connor's just Connor has been such a good creator, such a good leader on the field, um, and uh-huh. getting the armband has just been been massive. But speaking of armbands, and speaking yeah. of players getting their fiftieth uh, league appearance, Dalton Newton was wearing the armband in Madison. Yeah, uh, Tim Tim Howerton also asked us on Twitter, so we can just throw his question in here since he just asked asked us to rate uh dalton as the captain um i'm gonna give him an eight an eight out of 12 oh okay perfect finally Uh, was up to 11 yeah uh the the biggest attractor is sometime in the second half uh i think it was jp's yellow and 
everybody's in the ref's face and he's not there. And maybe he went over to the fourth official to talk it through, but that was one where there could have been more cards flying. And I would have liked to have seen him in there calming things down a bit more. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as, Hmm? Was that his first time as captain? I think he's assumed the armband when um, Connor subbed off, but I think that was his first start with the armband. Okay. Um, but as far as how he played, that was he. He had an amazing game in Madison. Madison was uh, the opposite, I think, of Greenville. There were a lot of highlights with no goals. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say that my biggest frustration from both games is just the lack of uh, of chances that were like legitimate chances. And I, I know in the Madison match, it went on both sides because it was like our first shot on goal, which was the first shot on goal in the game, was in like what the 80th minute or something. Well, there but were it's, two shots on goal the entire game, one from either team. Right. I think we have a lot of really good creative guys. There's just a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of guys aren't able to do things like put it on frame or just get a sh- like We're not testing anybody. And the other thing that frustrated me a little bit about Madison was we started resorting back to crosses to our five foot 10, five foot 11 guys in the middle. And Madison has some tall center backs and that keeper is pretty tall. And that guy had an easy day at the office. I, I was just about to bring that up because uh, this was another question we received. Uh, why have our uh, like air ball play been less accurate? Uh, yeah, sorry, that was from a, Brian. Trying to get under under a tripod. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was from Brian. Um, yeah. I, and I honestly don't think our air passes have been less accurate. I think we have guys who are not as necessarily as good in the air. Yeah, I agree. Um, like JP is fantastic in the air. Noe's mm-hmm. in the air, but Noe and JP are still not six four defender. Right. Like uh, that, we we just don't have that level. Uh, well, that height in yeah, there. The literal level. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. I, I you know, it's, I, was it, uh, even Joe from, uh, Joe from Greenville was asking us, goals, why don't you like the score then? And it's like, I think all of this is kind of, they're all symptoms of the same problem. You know, we, we had, you know, Greg wasn't the tallest guy. I mean, he's taller than these other, but Greg was good in the air. He could get up, he could get his head on a ball. Evan could get up and get his head on a ball. And so we had guys that were, multiple guys that were able to do that. So if you serve the ball up, I remember last year, there's a one, one header where, or one goal where uh, Evan faked a header and it, it psyched everybody out on the defense so bad because they knew he was good in the air that the ball fell to Greg at his feet and he was able to put it on into the goal. Like it was nothing because Evans' fake headers faked everybody out. We don't have anybody that could do that. They don't draw that type of attention right now. Like, no, he's starting to do that uh, mm-hmm. with his head. But 
again, like it, same thing can't be said with Hugo and right. Noe's being put back more at like a a ten. Back in mid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that's what you and I were texting about it back and forth last night, and that's the role it appears he's playing. Um, I don't like it. I don't. Yeah, I, he doesn't look comfortable. Um, it, he he looks like he kind of gets lost in the midfield because. Not saying no, he's not a physical player, but I don't think he has the same level of physicality you need to play the midfield in League One. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're when you're a striker and you can you're pressing up top a lot, like Jay likes us to do, you don't get into the mix as much in the midfield, even if you do come back to help out, like JP and Connor like to do. Um, and I don't know if Jay's just trying different things to just try and get more creators in the field to move the ball around. Um, I think it's a great position to put somebody like Luis into. Yeah. You know, um, if, if Luis is there at an attacking mid, then yeah, I, I just think, I think that got a lot of guys, we've talked about this a lot. This is probably the most talented player to player team we've had. You know, we, we have a bench that we feel like they could throw anybody on and they're going to impact the game. Uh, we have a starting 11 that we feel really confident in, but we don't have a guy that it's like, hey, when the game's on the line, there's a couple minutes left, get the ball to this guy, he's going to put the ball in the back of the net. We we need that guy. And that's, I think, the, the Luis signing was awesome. I think I was just hoping that we would, like, sign a striker or sign somebody else so we can put up there. But Jay might, maybe Jay trusts the guys. I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, I I think last night the Madison game was probably the lineup I've liked the most. Yeah, I I thought it played very well. I would have done a couple couple subs out there to just make it flow a little bit better throughout the entirety of the game. Um, I would have liked to have seen Dion from the start instead of Hugo. Um, Hugo, for sure. Hugo is a great player. Um, he has the opposite of the problem we were talking about earlier. He gets shoved yeah. in the back and he stays up in yeah. a lot of positions inside the 18. And it's like... Yeah. Totally agree. I, I think he could have drawn two penalties last night alone if he'd just taken the fall. And Noe has a little bit of that, but I also think Noe's... The reason Noe's staying up is he's dangerous in the air. Yeah, but for sure. If, if something's coming in, but... Or gets gets into the right spot. But... D, when Dion came on last night, it looked so good like we like he him out there with with everybody it just felt right Shivani had a hell of a game yeah minus one errant shot that he hit Mars with uh he he can't shoot like no. but everything other than shooting and there was one one point where he like he stuttered on the ball and ended up passing it off and that was before he'd actually taken a shot I totally understand why he did that. Uh. <laughs> well, and then um, 
you know, I, we we give Connor a hard time about him trying to shoot his 25-yard bangers. And then he's in the box and has a deep, I mean, at least a chance to kick the ball and tries to pass it off. And I'm like, Connor, the one time, the one time you don't just put your laces through the ball. Because I, <laughs> I would not want to get hit by a ball Connor kicks ever. No. I think I think he would have had a decent chance of at least getting a rebound off of that if he would have at least tried to put it on frame. Um, I think that's what we're getting at. Like, okay, so I just pulled up the live table. Um, we are tied for the least amount of goals scored in the league this season with Tucson, who's in dead last right now. Um, and in last place by six points, mind you. So they're, they're not, it's not like they're close. Um, the next closest with the least amount of goals is 21. So, we have 16 goals for North Carolina has 21 for, so they still already have a five goal difference on us right there. And they're in second to last place. But on the flip side, games in hand on most teams. Um, on the flip side, we've given up the least amount of goals by a mile by only giving up 12. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things. It's like the, we keep talking about it being like 2020. And this is why it feels like 2020. The defense is keeping this team in games right now. And if the offense comes along, we're, I mean, we're in sixth place right now with the, the only team that play, that's played 15 games, uh, the, the minimum amount of games. And we, uh, we have a plus four goal difference, but we've only given up 12 goals in 15 games. We're playing lights out on defense. And, and Rashid is playing lights out in goal. No, this is by far Ben Rashid's best season, both, uh, well, season and open cup. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he has shown he is better than this team, uh, but he's still playing just absolutely, absolutely amazing for this team. He, yeah. if, if we said it last year, if he's with the team this year, we're going to be surprised. Uh, this year, if he is not either playing domestically in the U.S. somewhere else at a higher level or overseas at a higher level, uh, Rashid, you need a better agent. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, we talk about it a lot. I think the one thing that hurts Rashid in the U.S. is is his status. If if Rashid knew who was an American citizen or had his green card or was in any other status that he wasn't considered an international player. I don't know where you would have had him this year. Yeah. Uh, all right. Other highlights from, from the Madison game. Um, we, we had a lot of good crosses in, but just again, not the height to, to close it. Uh, our range shots were inaccurate. Um, Shivani's, Trying to start Jamaica's uh, astronaut program. Um, Dude, he skied that ball. That was awful. Like uh, he had what a hell of a game. But Shivani, just pass the ball. Just pass it. <laughs> it was bad enough that at halftime, um, Tyler Nelson was like, "I don't know, Shivani hasn't had that great of a game." And it's like, no, that that shot was so bad. You are misinterpreting the rest of how he's playing right now. Because yeah. he had a hell of a game outside of that one shot that he skied. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, 
happy to see him get some playing time and I'm happy to see him excelling with the playing time he did get. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about our third match. Yeah. Uh, this one's, uh, actually a win, which was shot by a potato. Uh, the only, only camera we had was uh, clearly a potato. Uh, <laughs> Damn, you're really going after Peter on this one. Oh, I, I'm just saying, like it, he went, he went full Gary Green, streamed this thing from his phone, and we're giving him crap about it. Uh, Gary's was in 2020. The technology has progressed in the past two years, and it's like, yeah, it's Gary Green money, but it's still. Peter, <laughs> potato. And to be to be fair, it was Gary's phone, but it wasn't Gary actually filming it. It was, yeah, that was not Gary filming it. <laughs> uh, uh, so the Union Omaha Unified uh, Special Olympics team was playing Madison Unified uh, Special Olympics team in two 20-minute halves immediately following the yeah. game. Uh, on a Tuesday night, and you know the it looks like the first team stuck around to cheer cheer them on um and the flock it sounded like maybe they were coaching um i think like touche i think touche was actually like helping kind of coach on the field a little bit so i mean touche looked like he was coaching uh generally <laughs> like he, he looks like he's trying to take some leadership in the in the back uh during the games but yeah uh there that was, you know, a great, great thing that's happening uh, to, you know, build, build the sense of community, build the ones means all um, slogan to actually mean one means all. Uh, and those, those folks came out like they, that won a heck of a game and a 25 yard banger. Yeah. Like. I, I wish I'd gotten like a roster and like numbers on this, but Yoscar was not giving us the best uh, color commentating um, in the second it's, it's half. Number so. four. Number four. Yeah. But, That's all I know. No name. I just know it was number four. Yeah. But good on you. 25 yards. I mean, seriously, sign him. Like JP can't do that. So yeah. I mean, JP's tried at least in uh, every one of the past three games and well, three games he's been able to play and missed miserably. Yeah. I mean, good, good on the people that stuck around. Uh, they played it after that match. It sounds like ours on the 31st is also after the match. I um, think it's four. Oh, I thought they said it was after this. I think they, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. either way, sticking around for it, or if it's, uh, the match coming in early, it's, it's good to, to cheer them on. I mean, it's, it, it's a cool, it's a great concept that they did with, with forward Madison. Um, the, the big deal that both teams made it and should have made it like they did of doing signings and doing announcements of games of their team and doing all that stuff has been awesome. I think it's just been handled really, really well uh, by both clubs. And uh, I'm, I'm one of the people that has no hesitation to give forward Madison crap about, any number of things, but the one thing about their fans uh, is they, they, they say a lot of things when it comes to social issues and, you know, and 
um, being all inclusive and doing that. And I think that their fans showed that by sticking around and watching that match. I don't expect everybody on a Tuesday night, especially people with kids, to stick around after a game that started at seven o'clock and is done at nine to stick around for another 40 minutes and watch something. But the fact that people did, it just says a lot about the people of Madison. No, def- definitely. And I mean, it, from the sounds of it, it was good soccer. So that, that's a huge plus, um, you know, it, there's always the r- risk when you do it of you're, you're pulling together a second team that's not not going to be fun to watch, but it sounds like there there was absolutely just amazing amazing soccer happening out there, and you know, uh, hey, they brought back they brought back points. Um, so uh, J, JD did ask, um, what's the date and time for the next unified match? And they responded eight thirty one following our match against Madison. Okay, so I I would encourage our fans. To do the same thing. Let's stick around, watch yeah. this unified match. Let's let's cheer them on. I mean, they're 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 owls. They sign contracts. They're owls. Yep. Cheer them on. No, uh, and they they score goals. Yeah, yeah. If you want to see goals scored, uh, that might be our best chance. <laughs> uh, well, um, absolutely amazing work by the unified team. Uh, really excited for for that eight thirty one match where will be bringing out as much support as possible. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'd like to, you know, if we can get the full names and roster, so that way we can you know, get, we can properly attribute the, the bangers uh, and yeah, the amazing sure. games. Uh, yeah. Peter, right. you occasionally listen to this. Yeah. I, I mean, just, just some suggestions. Um, do you want to uh, do the rest some, of our Twitter? Yeah. See, see which ones we didn't answer. Um, so. And cause I think it's a bigger conversation, but Tim had a couple other questions. One, uh, we kind of answered, but we can elaborate a little more. Do we expect playing at home is going to fix any of the offensive issues? <laughs> Here's the thing about our offense at home. It, it's not like it has been stellar either. We've had a 0-0 draw and a 2-0 loss at home. Out of our five matches, we haven't in two games, we haven't scored goals. Um, the only reason I think it can help is because that gives those guys more time on that pitch, which means they have more chances to score. Um, and they get a chance to actually feel, get the feel of the pitch and how it's going to play and stuff. Uh, I, don't, I don't think the problem with scoring is where we're playing, personally. Um, I, I think one of the things that you know, Tim's probably thinking is the smaller pitch. Does that help us? Yeah. And no, I, I don't think it does help this team. I think this team actually does better on a larger pitch, which was an interesting thing. Um, when, you know, they always get the coaches comments of like keys to the game to start for Greenville. It was enjoy the space which is what Jay wrote. Yeah. Uh, like play, playing the width, uh, playing playing wide, I think has been better for us. We've done better on the largest fields in the league, not necessarily our own. So. Well, even yeah. in the Open Cup. Yeah. Chicago, Minnesota. I mean, I, we didn't look great against Kansas City, but we still moved the ball around. For, it's, 
Yeah. We have a lot of players that when we can spread the field out and let those guys be creative with the ball at their feet, they do a better job. Yeah. So yeah, I think absolutely we we've we have a team that isn't necessarily catered to our home pitch. The the one one advantage we do have at home is Rashid. Is Rashid can just be putting it up into the box all day. Um oh, a, for quick, sure. a quick counter and we have the guys with the speed to execute it. Yeah. All right, what else? Uh, t- sorry, Tim. Camille uh, was not able to join us tonight. He was really hoping for Camille referent. Um, I-, I was too. I, yeah, uh, I-, I can say because uh, we had a private, well, the three of us had a private chat going during last night's match. It would have been an epic referent. Um, she she for she is probably the one that's banging the the there's a lot of diving going on in this league drum pretty hard the last few weeks. And if you follow her on Twitter, um yeah. she she's been pretty vocal there. Well, and on top of it, she's not I mean, when she talks to us about it, she's not just calling out the other teams either. She's not being biased. She's calling our guys out on stuff too. And I think there's a lot of that stuff that you know, as a former pro herself, she looks at it and is like, guys, there, there's some of that stuff as part of the game naturally, but there's some of that stuff that we're embellishing too much. Um, yeah. Because that is part of the game. You're leaning against another guy. They move. You're a little bit off balance. They teach you to go down. But that's okay. That's great. But sometimes we're doing it when it's not even a, a necessary thing. Um, all right had a question and I have a stats pulled up to help us with with this one. So his question was, who do you guys think will be your top scorer by the end of the season? Currently, our co-leading top scorers are JP and Noe, both on four. If you figure an open cup, Noe's leading by two. Two. Yeah, so, and I don't know. I mean, obviously, Gio being a Greenville fan, I don't know if he's just saying league score. Um, well, I, I'm I'm just looking at like how, who's been scoring the goals, and it. Yeah. JP and Noe have been been our two big ones. Yeah. Um, I could see either one, uh, and again, they're both good in the air. Yeah, you know, um, and and being the creator he is, if that can push Noe up further. Yeah. Um, where where he can be a striker. I think that Noe ends the season as our top scorer. I also think this might just be a team where we don't have anybody that breaks double digits. We, I mean, we might just we have a bunch of guys. Games. We still have 14 games and 10 of those are at home. So I, I, I think there's a chance. Um, I, I'd say uh, I'm going to say Noe just Closely edges out JP. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's. Uh, I think that Noe is going to have the most chances to ha- to score goals, so I think that makes the most I sense. One stipulation: if Ricky comes on and goes full Concacaf, it's going to be Ricky. But Ricky's only been getting a few minutes here and there. But Ricky going full Concacaf, that one hundred percent him. Yeah, I, we, I just, we need so I don't, I mean, we're not going to have two guys combined for 20 some odd goals or whatever, like we did last season or anything like that. But 
If we can get one guy to ten, and there's a few other guys that are around that five to eight range, yeah, that means we're scoring a lot more goals this last half of the season, and I feel good about it. So, um, okay. So this last question came from Proud Owls, um, their Twitter handle. Uh, warn people about this before the season started, but it's a good reminder halfway through the season. So. Their question, after the last two years, what are reasonable expectations for a club with the turnover we've had and the additional games we've had to play? What results will be definitively disappointing? So I think for the first half of the question, yes, the Open Cup played some part in this because we had to play a lot of guys and we have a very small roster. But I think the eight draws in 15 games should not be surprising when you basically have a brand new team that you brought in. Yeah. No, I, I think the, the draws are something that comes from a very new team of like almost built from scratch team um, that didn't have like the 2020 season, they at least had six. Well, six months from when they were announced before the first game and like four months right. living together, like learning each other before the first game. So like there, there was definite cohesion built that this team didn't get the chance for um, mm-hmm. and is finally getting to the open cup run. Uh, it took some wind out of our sails in, but in the same way, it also, uh, you know, gave these guys, common ground you know played and beat an mls team played and beat two mls teams like that that's mm-hmm. definitely building blocks of uh, a great great success what i think we need to do to be successful this year is we need to make the top four uh, i think yeah. that is uh, omaha expect fan expectation is going to be top two I'd say for myself, uh, making the playoffs, um, and then w- what we can do in a in a close competition, we we've shown um, top top two or top four guarantees at least one home playoff match too. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I think look, season one ended the way it did, and being that last half of that season, even though it was a shorter season, that definitely catapulted us up there. And it really came down to the last day anyway. Um, yeah. Last year was what it was. We're not probably going to see a team run the table like we did that like that again. Even even Greenville's not pulling away with, you yeah. know, their extra games in hand. They're not pulling away from the field. They're not, you know, they didn't have Omaha come in there and they didn't put three on us or anything we, we win the next three games we're level with them on points right and that's a, I mean that's the thing to keep in mind is they still have three games on a, you know they play three more games than us yeah. so the number we're in sixth place with playing three less games than they've played right now i this this is i think what we should expect every few years from a team like at this level is if we're if we're going to stay tier three if we're going to stay at this level Every two to three years, you're going to have a massive roster turnover, especially if you're successful. Um, and that's going to result in a lot of new guys coming in. 
chances are a lot of those new guys are college kids or first-time pros or new pros. And it's going to take them a season to kind of get it together and figure it out. Um, that's just, it's the nature of where we're at. Now, if Nisa goes away, if people realize that MLS next is not the catapult to MLS that they thought it was going to be, like we all know it's not. If hell, if even if USL in general, just within their own structure goes to pro rel, where there's a chance to move up, I think that that changes the player pool and what that looks like. And that may change what it looks like down the road. But I wouldn't be surprised if two years from now, we're talking about a completely different roster than this year and next year. It's just the nature of what it's going to be. Yeah, I I think we're definitely definitely going to see more rebuilds going forward than than, uh, guys sticking around the way Omaha's set up until we're second division. Um, but at this point, I think Jay's doing what he can and he's doing a great job with what he can. And, and don't, I mean, don't get us wrong. We're not the only team that had to do that. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot, there was a lot of the names on that Madison team. Cause I, I don't watch forward unless they're playing us. There's a lot of names they were calling out. And I was like, I have never heard of this guy before. You know, I mean, Madison's rebuilt with a new coach. Um, Greenville has some players that we recognize, but they've overhauled their roster over the last few seasons too. I mean, it's a natural thing that's going to happen in this league. Um, as far as definitively disappointing results, I, honestly, I know losing 2-0 to Greenville seems disappointing, but I think the more disappointing one to me was the 0-0 draw to Charlotte. Um, you know, it was at home. We hadn't been home for a little bit again. And we just kind of came out flat and the game just, it didn't go our way. And it's one of our five nil nil draws. I just, that one, because it's at home, it's more disappointing when it's zero, zero draw. Yeah. I, I'm expecting a result this weekend. I think guys are, are ready for it being home uh, for a couple of days before handle help. But yeah, where's chat and table now? Uh, I don't know. I had a look at the table. Yeah, I just this has not been a season for me to be able to keep up on the table every year. Every I mean, week. so we're so far behind in games that like it, it's not relevant. But and I think that's the big thing, right? It's like it, it makes it hard to know where we really stand, and so we are closer evenly game wise. Uh, yeah. So chat right now is in eighth place. So they're two spots behind us on 21 points. So we have two more points than them, but we've played two less games than they have. They've scored, they scored 27, but they've given up 22. Um, so very similar to ours, you know, our goal difference wise, they've just played two more games than we have. I, yeah. I mean, I, I would expect being the start of a little bit of a run. I would expect, and coming off two zero-zero draws, I would anticipate our boys wanting to come out with some kind of a win. Yeah. And and one nil's fine. Just get a win. That's what we need right now. All right. What do we have? Anything else uh, from Twitter? That was all the Twitter questions we had. All right. Score prediction. Uh, it's chat, so it's going to be physical. 
I, I missed that. I think Sam cut out. Oh, 2-1 Omaha. 2-1 Omaha. Um, 3-0 Omaha. Every, every chance. Every chance. I I would love that. Don't get me wrong. I just... Is, we have three games in a row here where we play teams that like to play defensively and physically defensively. And... I just I think they play enough to disrupt things in the way the refs have been. It's going to disrupt it enough that I don't know if we're going to be able to free flow for three goals. But yeah, I'll be happy to eat that crow next week on a podcast. All right, one last question: Who gives a hoot? We, we do. do.